My name is Sam Ross. This is the brother at the bar on Instagram. This is for the guy with the hoodie and the Air Force Ones. So I'm like, yo, this is like some cool shit. Guess what? That's when the conversation started to happen. This is Pass the Drink Podcast. Yo, this is the brother at the bar. It's been a while. Pass the Drink Podcast on Google, Spotify. Where else we at? We at Google. We on Spotify. We on iTunes, a- right? We on we on Apple Podcasts. For all you bougie motherfuckers <laughs> with the iPhone and shit. I broke mine last week. Uh, check it out. Pass the drink podcast. Thanks for everybody who's been listening for season one. This is season two. We're going to step it up a little bit. Right now in the house, friends of the show, Rock Island Public House. Uh, they came on a couple episodes ago. I talked to Dave with that freaky ass, long ass fucking beard and shit. It's got to go. It's got to go. No, I like it. And he said he thinks he looks like a like a Russian uh, dignitary or something with it, dude. And right now, I don't have Ashley. I have Mike Vanderbilt, the Mike Vanderbilt. Oh, the, thank you, thank thank you for having the, me. I, like no bullshit. Like I have been a fan of Mike Vanderbilt before I met. Him. Let me tell you a funny story. Uh, Ashley took a phone call from you at Rock Island Public House one afternoon when I was there, and you said you weren't ready to have me on the show yet. You afraid it might too, be too much. Like it, oh, would, no. it would, it would break the internet. I think is what they say. That, well, that that is what that is what Nova and Jason over there. Yeah, we have a new member to the podcast community. New member of the team. We have Nova. Sitting there right in Jason Ryder's lap. But, man, I've been wanting to have you on for so long. I've been wanting to come on. This is great. I'm um, glad we finally made it happen. I think people are going to learn a little bit about me today. And you are <laughs> and you are the conduit to the fucking electricity. Mike Vanderbilt. You better watch out. I might turn this around. I might start interviewing you in a minute. Like, that... That's kind of a defense mechanism. When people start asking me too many questions, I was like, well, I'm just going to turn around and start asking them questions. Because people love to talk. Oh, you wait. About themselves? Yeah. You might get a fucking answer. <laughs> you might get an answer. I feel like I'm in a safe space with you, Mike. You, yes, this is, this, is what the, this is what the kids call safe space, right? Yes, this is. Uh, we are, everyone that's listening, we are downtown, 220 North Green Street. We are in WeWork. It is beautiful, 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 beautiful studio. Facilities. Beautiful facilities. And, uh, I wanted to have Mike Vanderbilt on, and I was not going to waste his charm, good looks, and fucking voice <laughs> over guy. the over the phone. Over the phone, we got Mike Vanderbilt in the house. Hey, Mike. Yeah. So I was reading your bio, man. Like you, you've been around. Like just uh, you started at like was it fucking free pasta and and and, and, and breadsticks? No, 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 no. Come on, come on, come on. Show, show, drop some respect on, <laughs> on Chili's Bar and Grill, please and thank you. That was something that always drove me crazy. So I, yes, I, I attended bar for 15 years for Chili's Bar and Grill out in Orland Park. Out Orland! In, out in the Burbs. Yeah, well, I was selling furniture, selling mattresses, and I was just not making enough money. And a couple people that I'd worked with had told me, you should look into uh, working at a restaurant. And honestly, God, this is no bullshit. Like it, I always I paraphrase the opening of Goodfellas. Like as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a bartender. When I was a young man, the bartenders on TV shows and movies were the coolest. Isaac from the Love Boat, uh, Sam, Sam Malone, Sam, Sam Malone. Malone, 
And I was always, and another thing that I was always obsessed with, like, do you remember in uh, 1988 when Michelob ran their The Night Belongs to Michelob ad campaign? I believe so. Cause it, was all, it was all sultry saxophone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Smoky New York nights. And yes. it was all a night With neon signs yeah, and it shit. It looked like a Michael Mann movie, you know. And I just, like, was obsessed with nightlife and neon and stuff like that. And, like, the bartender was a, a perfect conduit to do it. But it took me a long time to find a place that would hire me. Because, as you know, after years of being in the industry, most times you get a job as a bartender, it's because you know somebody. Exactly. And I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody that wanted to hire me. So, uh, off, like, what's the, uh, hold on, where's that can of Harold's? The can of Harold's is yeah. right to our left. Or? We should have a whole bunch of them in here. Uh, we got Because something I loved about your Harold's 83 thing, and I believe it was Evan Moore maybe that was credited with this. When you don't have a seat at the table, create your own. Uh, between Evan, between Jay, Jay uh, my partner Jay West, shout out to Jay, uh, the, the more professional gentleman of this tandem. Uh, <laughs> Jay, um, Jay was in the service industry, um, for a while, and it was like he started off bartending, but also he started off being a doorman and being security. And it's like I said this on the show with Beers and Bars last night. Shout out, bros. Uh, we're like the statement of we're not here to check IDs at the door, we're here to knock them down. And it's like that's what this beer is doing, it's rewriting. The way that small batches and collabs and just, um, just brewing great beer, man. Like yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm humble, but this beer is fucking great. And I had a small part to do with it. Jay had a large part to do <laughs> it, and Haymarket had a great part to do it. But no one knows it until we get it to the streets. So right. we want to thank. Dave, and want to thank yourself. We want to thank Ashley and everybody, all the rest yeah, of Yeah, the they team. really helped over this deal. But what I wanted to say about this saying was when you don't have a seat at the table, create your own. That was something that endeared to me when I saw your cans because that's something I've always lived by. I've never been good about clicks and I've never been good about being exclusive. Like, I've always wanted to be inclusive. Uh, in my film writing, my friend uh, Katie Ray for the AV Club often calls me the Pied Piper of weirdos because when we go to film festivals, I kind of just amass like a crew of people that maybe they don't know where else to go or like the the people in charge aren't letting them in. And I'm like, no, man, like this group is for everybody. But back to the Chili's thing, I couldn't find a gig anywhere. I applied it. I applied it every place in Orland Park because I was working out in Orland Ru Park. Ruby Tuesdays too? Ruby Tuesdays. No, that was in the mall. I did every place that was freestanding. <laughs> Am I telling on myself? They're always in a bourbon like, like a Tuesday. Muffler. I always like Ruby. The best salad, one of the best salad buyers in town. Yes, it was. But I applied it, yo. Applebee's, all these places. Chili's was the place that called me back. I got the job in two interviews as a server, and I kind of uh, took right to it. I was making money immediately, more money than I'd ever made in my entire life. And I said, hey, I want to start tending bar. And there was a point where I didn't want to tend bar at Chili's. I learned how to tend bar, but nobody else wanted to do it because everybody was under the idea that they weren't making as much money as they were on the floor. So my manager, my manager, Sarah Roth, who was very good to me, my GM for many years, took very good care of me, kept putting me on bar. And she said, well, no one else will do it. That's kind of been most of my life through everything. Well, no one else will do it, Mike. Can you do this? And I just said to myself, okay, if I'm going to tend bar every Friday and Saturday night at Chili's, this is going to be Mike's bar. This is going to be Mike's Chili's bar. And I'm going to make friends with all the bar, all the regulars. I'm going to, have, I'm going to, I'm going to get paid to hang out with my friends. And that's what I did. And I did it for 15 years until I just, you know, 
customers change, people move on, your staff changes. It's not that same camaraderie that you have. Because I met a lot of great friends on both sides of the bar, all the way back to the heart of the house. And I don't regret my time there, even though it's definitely not cool. As, as obsessed as, as I am with being cool, I've always been obsessed with making my own kind of cool. I'll tell you what's fucking cool. You don't tell me what's cool. So I, 15 years, I often say uh, Chili's is kind of like uh, the community college of bartending. Okay. Because you, you, you uh, learn a lot of great stuff. You learn how to do things. And much like actual community college, me with Moraine Valley Community College, I hung out there way too long. <laughs> I was a I was a Prairie State guy. Oh, so you know, you know, mm -hmm. I actually, and I also went to uh, what's the other one? Uh, South Holland, uh, South Suburban South College. College. So my goal was, I never wanted to get a bachelor's degree. I just wanted to collect two year degrees from all over the uh, South suburbs. Uh, I've often mentioned um, on this show how many times I've dropped out of college. Uh, thank you, <laughs> Mike Vanderbilt, for reaching two more places that I have dropped out of school on. But I, I, but I see, here's the thing. I did finally finish Moraine. I did finally finish uh, South Suburban with a paralegal degree. Was considering going to law school, so I went and got an accounting degree at Robert Morris, which is not a community college, but it's close enough. Uh, right. Uh, shout out. Shout out to the Eagles. I, 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 go Eagles, man. But I was what I liked about them was it was a program that got you out in a year. You went pretty much every day for 12, 13 months, and then I had a degree. And I thought I wanted to get out of bartending. So I went into accounting and I worked in an office downtown and I love coming downtown. That was great. But I just, I missed, I missed the hustle of the industry. I tell people all the time, man, like, um, bartending was the best money <laughs> I made. It wasn't the most money I made. It wasn't the easiest <laughs> I like money I made, but I enjoyed that. And, um, like, hey, you're going to pay me to fucking give beer, like serve people, talk to people and have them talk to me and serve them a great product. Or if they don't like the product, hey, we'll write, we'll, we'll, we'll give you another one. And, 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 and. It's not like when I sold furniture where it was a rigmarole if somebody wanted to return a mattress or return something I sold them was a hassle. Like, oh, you don't like it? Even at Chili's, like, I'm going to dump this out. You tell me what you want. And most, like, and I love that this is coming full circle. Um, most people, I've, I've, I've had, a, I've had a week, year like no other, man. Like, if I had a year from, like no other. A year ago, I was. You too, huh? Like, a year ago, I was, no, mine, mine is like, I hate to say this, like, people, oh, man, 2020 and COVID and. And, and stimulus checks right. and shit. Man, I had a blessed year, man. I went from fucking making like nothing to being in the position I am. But my point is bartending, the people that you meet bartending will be the people that will fucking, you You just don't know. Like they say, oh, most be beers, uh, most business deals get done over beer. Oh, well, as and, they said in the office, Chili's is the new golf course. It's I'm, where business gets. Done. I'm telling you, and that's hey. I met I met Jason Ryder at fucking uh, tending beer. I met Lakeshore. A lot of guys at Lakeshore Distributing at bartending. I made I met um, writers and people that are helping me out in this career now as a bartender. It's like it wasn't. True, you got Brewer Sam and you got Pass the Drink podcast, but these guys met me from just basically being 
bartending and I loved the job yeah. and they knew I loved it. And I wanted to double back on uh piggyback on something you were saying about uh the COVID and everything. And I don't want to fall too down far down this rabbit hole, but I had a pretty good year too at Rock Island Public House. All of a sudden now I'm programming a drive in. I'm oh. living one of my dreams of programming a cool movie theater on the south side of Chicago. And that was as a result of trying to figure out ways we can survive through COVID. We were also very lucky in that because Rock Island Public House has a strong cult of followers who don't want this place to close people really kind of helped us out came around and helped us out with our gofundme and every time we tried to have an event to get things going but i know it's not cool i guess these days everybody wants to be doom and gloom but sometimes you just you do have to step back and kind of look at things man from a positive point of view man you guys are killing it on that fucking drive-in it's pretty cool right uh like like you say some creations in the middle of this shit have only got better. And like, I think I'm like, oh, Mike's putting up some freaky weird ass movies and shit. I kind of like that shit. And then it was like, oh, what was it? The Tribune? The Tribune. We were in there. Yeah, we've been, we've been, we, yeah. I've been in because of COVID. <laughs> because of COVID, I've been on the NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt because we're all buddies. You know, Lester Chicago, Holt. Yeah. Which I learned the night I was on there, I became the poster boy for unemployment during the uh, <laughs> thing. And they saw me whining on Twitter about something. They're like, we want to talk to you. Can you set up a video and all this? And what I learned that day was that everybody's parents watch Lester Holt every night because oh. I started, my phone started blowing up like, oh, that goofy, somebody told me their dad's like, oh, that goofy bartender uh, that you work with is, was on the news today. And it was like, like the local news? Like, no, the national news. <laughs> but then I ended up in, uh, you know, the, we ended up in the Tribune, we ended up in the Sun-Times, thanks to our, our man, uh, Evan Moore. And uh, yeah, well, press, you know, you know, you need press to, to sell this stuff. You do need press and you're doing a great job, man. Like, I was so proud of like, yeah, yeah, like, yo, I'm trying to get down there and watch some, what was it, the bees, and then you just had the, uh, oh, had the the, uh, the music box drive-in that I did too, yeah, because that, well, that's how the drive-in at the Rock Island Public House came about. I had done the with the music box theater, I did their music box of horrors, uh, helped program that, and I was just about to wrap it up. It was the last week of Halloween. I'm like, thank God, I don't have to deal with drive-ins no more. And then I come into work at Rock Island Public House, and Jerry Doherty, uh, Butter Upon Bacon, you had some of his food, oh, uh, runs the kitchen there. Shout out to Butter Upon Bacon, all the bartenders and the staff at Goose Island. Shout out Johnny, shout out Brian, shout out Nick. They were fucking like, bro, that fucking chicken sandwich you fucking posted? <laughs> at, like, like, that shit was Awesome, did you get man. the labor inducer, the extra hot one? I can't handle no, it. No, I did not. Um, no, I did not. It's too much. For it, I did not. But yeah, butter upon bacon is a wonderful food. And it's like, I love that bar. I love the place that you work. It's, and I say well, this all you. the time. I do appreciate that. I do. Like, we're lucky people. We are fans of where we work. Yeah, I mean, even like for as silly as it was, like even Chili's for fifteen. I mean, let's say the first thirteen. Like I loved going in there. I I enjoyed it. Like yeah, I did try to make the best of it. And Rock Island. Uh, what I really appreciate about Rock Island is that Dave Dave Brown, my boss, the owner co owner with his wife Jen, both of them kind of let me be me there. I mean, after fifteen years of working at Chili's, like. 
I wore the uniform with the name tag. No, there was no what? name. There was never a name tag. There was like, never a name. No, no, no. Nah. I, I know. It's not quite like one thing about waiting in office space is that they do get a little bit of it right, but not everything about working in a a. Uh, I can't say major. I guess it's a major chain because, but it was franchise. But you know, it's it's just people trying to make a buck, man, and. It's easy money. For a long time, it was easy. I guess it was easy money. But Rock Island kind of lets me really. Chili's let me be me, but Dave truly lets me take the brains and lets me, you know, basically with this drive in. Like I said, Jerry's like, let's, do you think we have room to put one in here? I'm like, oh, I thought I was done with the drive in. And then I was like, no, this could work. And then I like doing the programming because it kind of doubles back on what, or I'd rather piggybacks on what Dave Brown wanted to do when there. So when Dave Brown opened Rock Island, the south side was kind of a desolate, post-apocalypse wasteland of nothing but bean bags and Miller Lite. Yes, it was. And I love cheap beer. I love Miller Lite. I, 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 as much as I work in craft beer, like I always appreciated Anthony Bourdain had so much disdain for it. He never cared for it, but I kind of appreciate that. But Anthony Bourdain. Oh, yeah. my goodness. We're going to sip to that one. Yeah, you know, I interviewed him once. But Dave, uh, Dave wanted to bring something, wanted to be a tastemaker. He didn't want to, as he always says, what could I offer to the conversation about a dive bar, about a bust-out joint, about, you know, a dump, a shithole, whatever you want to call it. So he wanted to bring craft beer to the south side. He, then you become a tastemaker because you're telling people you should be drinking this. But it was never with an air of pretension, which I always appreciated. It was like, you should be drinking this because it's good. I think you would like that. And I like to do that with particularly by weirdo cult cinema that I like, that this is for everybody. It's not just for, it's not just for nerds, it's not just for white kids, it's not just for black kids, it's not just for girls, not just for boys. Like, and I want to get to a point where people come to our drive-in because, yeah, we showed Goodfellas over the weekend. Like, Goodfellas is an easy win. Everybody loves Goodfellas, Bro, right? Tell me I, one person it does. I greatly appreciate it that you did the black kung fu movies, the Wu, the the, the Shaolin. Oh yeah, the but we did Thirty Six Chambers, uh, Five Element Ninjas, and uh, oh the the classic Five Deadly Venoms. Man, that that is that is the outside of the Last Dragon. <laughs> oh, I want to I want to show that one. Bro, I, I got it. I picked up. I have a Last Dragon T shirt, and I picked up the uh, Kiss My Converse. Fucking T-shirt, like I'm everything. Fucking oh, last drag. Oh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Such a great soundtrack, and uh, whenever the pizza guys are at Rock we're at Rock Island for Goodfellas, and I will oh, just deliver your pizza to Daddy Green's Pizza. <laughs> Reds, correct? I've been, yeah. I've been trying to get fucking that Jardin. Oh, they're so good, so bad. Um, I'm, a, I'm just gonna make it out. Yeah, got a couple. They do one Sunday a month usually, but they're figuring things out. One Sunday a month for now. I. Don't know what we're doing with them next month, but we got some cool stuff. Pardon me, coming up. So we got Rock Island Public House. Um, if you don't know, you don't know, man. It is. I've said this before. I said this to Ryder. Ryder's got to bring his ass from the fucking Gold Coast. These North side, these Northsiders are all no, the same. No, 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 my brother. No, no. You sure? Gold Coast. Oh, go South different. Loop. To oh. That's a different breed. That's a different breed. Just as bad. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I've I've told like this is our place. Like Rock Island, bro. It is funky. I often I often joke. It's like if they were a theme restaurant, it would be like a little taste of the north side on the south side. <laughs> yeah. We're, he he's south side now. He's at um, what is it like? 
Who, me? No, no, no. Yeah, he's like, go the north side of the south yeah, he side. Just, he just, get out of here. He just made it south. Oh, shit. Well, people don't believe me that I live in the city, and it's like, I live in Mount Greenwood, and honestly, I'd probably be less embarrassed to tell people I lived in the suburbs. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, my Instagram says I'm in the south side, so I go with that. <laughs> All right. Well, I always tell people, like, look, I pay a city sticker for my little Mini Cooper every year. I pay $200 for the privilege of having an automobile. I live in Chicago, and I won't take any uh, slander on that. Oh, my goodness. Rock Island Public House. Which is in, which is in the suburbs. It's in Blue Island. It's in Blue Island underneath a fucking... Okay, it's on a one, it's a dead-end street. No, actually... <laughs> Perfect. It, Appropriate. It, it's a dead-end street under a Vidar. <laughs> Like, there's a, there's a there's a metro train that uh, <laughs> runs above there. Oh my god! The Rock Island Line, I believe. This is a place. If you don't know, you you sixteen don't know. beers on tap, movies all weekend, weirdo driving stuff, cool stuff, like all sorts of stuff. Great, for great, great bartenders, awesome food. Like if pinball. You don't, you, don't forget the pinball. Don't forget the pinball. Tap, tap takeovers. Tap takeover. Usually once a month we try to do a tap takeover. And I'm talking major shit. Shout out to Metropolitan. What's up, Tracy? Tracy. Um, they were great. We had, we had a great weekend of robot movies. Robot yoga. Them. Yeah. You know, shout out Tracy. I keep shouting out Tracy on this show and She's I haven't had her on yet. You know what I'm saying? I'll party with Tracy. Tracy, the crazy shit. I like her. The crazy shit is I got my name. The Metropolitan's the first fucking tap room I've ever visited. Really? Yeah. What what drew you to craft beer? What drew me to craft beer? Okay. Shout out. Shout out. Once again, we tell this story. I was working at fucking Whole Foods. Oh, that's most people's entry point. I, think. I was that's working like at Whole Foods. Yeah, I was working. I was working at Whole Foods, and every motherfucker that came in there seemed privileged, and oh, imagine that privileged. <laughs> And they wanted Which one to, were you working at? The Hinsdale one? No, no, no. No <laughs> motherfucker. I was fucking Streeterville. So I was dealing with Oh, the, my boy Scott works over there now. So I, I was doing like I was dealing with the Channel Five dudes. I was like I was dealing with Channel Five News. I was dealing with the cast of uh Empire. I was dealing with some thought they were privileged motherfuckers. Look. <laughs> No, I saw Felicia Rashad oh, from fucking the Cosby Show. Pisney. I was fucking going crazy. I was like, fucking, it's fucking. That's your mom. Oxible. That's your mom. Yeah, That's who you grew up with. And like, and she and she can give you a mom's look. Like, like I'm walking around there with my pants sagging, bro. Like she gave me the fucking look, and I was like, oh fuck, pull your fucking pants up, bro. That is fucking Mrs. Huxley. So I was working at Whole Foods. Everybody that came in that motherfucker seemed so fucking privileged and so pissed off until they got to the fucking craft beer section. And that's when they were giving tips. They were smiling. They were like fucking throwing out cash to motherfuckers just recommending fucking beers. And I wanted a part of it. I went like, hey, these motherfuckers are nice. What were you drinking before that, though? I didn't drink. At all? At all. How old are you now? I'm 45. No, years. not now, but when you did, when that happened. I only started drinking around 43 oh, wow. or 42. See, I just got into this. I shit. grew up in Beverly, and I didn't start drinking until I was 19, and that's a that's yeah, a big that, deal. If somebody's if somebody's parents held on to them until they were 19 years old, they you know they they haven't had a nasty hangover by the time they were 14. My parents have done right. Oh, as far as oh, believe, oh, believe me, my parents. They got oh, 
sorry to say it. They're loaded with the money, man. So like, <laughs> like I've been going like, oh, I, my parents have pretty well off and have helped me out throughout we, my life. Yeah, so we, we, we just told on each other. We're yeah, like, oh, you know, like, everybody knows. Like, why even lie? Why even lie? Because I want to have some sort of fake story about how hard I had it. Like, I mean, I had it as bad as anybody else as a teenager with, like, you know, your own inner workings. But we never really wanted for everything. Or as what my parents always tell me. No. Is when the 80s, when we were growing up, they had some money troubles once in a while. But they didn't tell us. Hey. They didn't, we didn't need to know. Bro, my dad worked for ComEd. He was, like, one of the first black guys to work for ComEd. He does very smart with his money. Uh, so basically all our doctor's visits, all our fucking, we like, it was either Homewood, Flossmore, Orland. Or oh, you from true South. This is some true South suburb shit. I love this. Yeah. And like we lived, we grew up in Harvey, but we shopped in Homewood. We fucking, my dad golfed in fucking rabbit slow. I fucking ate. I fucking, my first jobs were, in Orland and shit like that. Let me tell you a story about Harvey. My first rock and roll show I ever played was in Harvey at Rubes. Rubes on Halston. They did not have a lingerie show that night, although I kind of wish they, that would have been appropriate for for, for yeah, rock, one of my Rubes. rock and roll shows. Rubes. They would sell, so Rubes, Rubes is a restaurant and a bar, but it was just kind of a, a dump there. And what my friends, like my friend, like uh, my buddy Pat O'Sullivan, who I've done a lot of like uh, creative stuff with, him and his buddies, his punk rock crowd, kind of took it over and made it like they found a place that they wanted to play, like they would let them do whatever they wanted, and they did. And Rube, we just called the, I just called the owner Rube, whatever his name was. They would just go to like the the grocery store or whatever, buy a couple, you know, twenty four packs of Miller Lite, load up the fridge. And then charge five dollars a pop for a can, but you're nine, you're eighteen, nineteen, drinking underage. Five dollars a can is perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> you can complain. It's a buyer's market. Mm. Next is a seller's market. I take that back. Man, that's why I like that conversation I had with Dave. Man, like, yo, we're not we're not that far apart, man. Like we like Dave was like he said he was like a firefighter. Yeah, and he's like spent some time in Harvey. But that's where that's where I grew up. Like I grew up in Harvey, but my parents made sure that we were more than that. We, like yo, all these places that you speak of, I've been there. Like uh, I've been to the Southside Irish Parade a lot. I, 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 this will be the first year I'm not taking the day off. I always take that day off work, but I'm like I'm not going to go during. I'm not going during a pandemic to go drink in somebody's kitchen when there's no kids named Sheehan walking down the street because that's oh, all the Irish parade is oh, a oh, bunch so, of kids, a bunch of kids named Sheehan walking in a straight line. So, so I'm going to tell you a fucking story about the Sheehan, right? <laughs> You're getting fucking treat. Pass the drink podcast. We got Mike fucking Vanderbilt. We thought we were going somewhere, but we're fucking into half a beer talk. Well, one beer talk. So I was thirsty today, man. I worked all weekend. So check it out. You talking about the Sheens, right? So I'm working at fucking uh, Evergreen Park. Fucking uh, where at in Evergreen Park? I'm fucking the divide. The mall? No, no, bro. I'm at the fucking. Uh, I'm right there on 95th. I'm at the Ace Hardware. Oh yeah, I know exactly. Over in in true Evergreen Park, in not true, at the Evergreen Park. Yeah. Yes, okay. True Evergreen Park. And uh, I'm at Evergreen Park, and that's when I really found out. About like, yo, you ain't safe on this oh, side of uh, West. Yeah, you know what I mean. Without getting into it too much, but uh, it's a. I grew up in Beverly. 
and I live in Mount Greenwood, and Mount Greenwood is notoriously always the area of the city that the only area of the city that votes red, except this time. So <laughs> we were, but I'm sure it was Edison Park that fucked that shit up. But Evergreen Park is a different world. So I'm working, I'm working with this fucking kid named Pat. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, I'm, so, I'm, so I'm working with this guy named Pat. Shout out Patrick Doig. That's my fucking homie right there. Patio uh, furniture. Uh, so I'm working, I'm working at Evergreen Park. Uh, uh, now what are you doing? You're working at the Ace Hardware? Working at the Ace just Hardware. Just like stocking and stuff? Stocking, just, I was the tool buyer or whatever the fuck. So I'm, uh, Big fan of Snap-on, right? Snap-on, good stuff. Snap-on, fucking uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, uh, Makita. Makita. Makita, that's right. Strong, strong tools. <laughs> <laughs> so, me and Pat Sheehan, right? This guy's coming over, like, and I'm live. I live in, I live in Pullman. Oh, okay. I live in real Pullman. I'm, I'm My like, friend used to work at the Sherwin-Williams factory. Okay. Over. Yeah. So, Pullman was on the up-and-coming list, like, about 20 years ago of like the hip new hipster neighborhood. That's when I was living. Yeah. There. So I'm live. I'm living in Pullman. I think I'm cool. Cause I'm in the fucking, Oh, you have to pad. So we go through evergreen park. We go through this big ass ghetto. And then I'm at this little small spot. That's cool. Right. Right. So Pat Sheehan and I are working together at evergreen park. Right. And so Pat is the grandson of the sheriff. Oh, of course. So we're coming over to my crib and we're smoking weed every day. Like, oh, you smoking, and Pat? <laughs> so we're smoking, we're smoking and down, man. Like you got a big Southside, like $10 bags of weed. That's huge. Right. So we're smoking them down. Right. And I'm like, Hey, Pat, like, um, my girlfriend at the girlfriend at the time, she was, um, she was in college. And it's like, yo, um, real college or one of the places we went? No, she's in fucking real college. <laughs> she did, she graduated. She dumped my ass and became a fuck, <laughs> became a pharmacist. Ah, and, pharmacist, and, that's good money. Yeah, yeah. she's great money. She's doing oh, great. Oh my goodness! So I dated a pharmacist for a while. I wish I was dating her now. But um, she, um, she's like, hey, um, I really need, um, I really need to study tonight. You guys like. Um, can you go somewhere and like party or whatever, or chill out or whatever the fuck? So I'm like, hey Pat, like, um, we can't smoke weed at my house tonight. Um, um, I'm down the street from you, um, straight down uh, 111th Street. I can hit Longwood, and um, so he lived in Beverly. Yeah, he was on Longwood. Oh, Longwood, was, the big houses. Yeah, the big houses. Yeah. So, uh, I always like run past him like, what? Man, I could fill up all those rooms with so much weird shit, dude. <laughs> Like it's one like on like it's 103rd with the motherfucker. It's like a fucking it, like another world. Like I don't even know anybody who ever. I've never known anybody to live in one of those houses. Okay, Mike Van. Yeah. We gotta stay to the. I know. Shit. I love. Like this so, is what people love though. So so me and Pat Sheen, I say, hey Pat, hey fuck, we can't smoke weed in my house today. <laughs> we gotta fucking go out to your crib, man. I'll drive over to your crib, and that's when the motherfucker told me, Hey Sam. <laughs> oh man. I don't think that's a good idea, bro. <laughs> now, what, what what year is this? This is this has to be fucking. Uh, okay, let me think. Cause I stop. This is before I got the Cubs gig. I'm thinking like oh one, oh two, maybe oh three, oh three. It's oh yeah. three. Okay, it's exactly oh three. Because the because I'm sitting there waiting for the fucking bus. There's no fucking. There's no bus 
seats in Evergreen Park. There's no benches, right? Right. And so the fucking police come up to me. I'm sitting on the garbage can. And they said, like, yo, bro, you 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 might want to fucking get off the garbage can. I'm like, well, you guys might want to fucking. Ah, Jesus. You might want to fucking put a fucking bus stop out. Like, a fucking bus stop out here. I'm sure they appreciated your uh your candor and the way that you uh, suggested oh, that they man. changed uh, oh, the man. city around. I'm oh, sure they love oh, that. that. I was like, oh, what's your name? Where do you work? I work across the street, <sighs> motherfucker. You know, that's why I appreciate our mutual friend, John Brand. Ah, John o- Brand from Open Outcry. Open Outcry. One man. of the best. One of the best. I love John Brand. Stoically intense. He is something. <laughs> that is my man. And like the first time I had him on the show. Does a great job. Okay, he knew he knew Western Avenue was a a fucking problem. Well, yeah, and let me- and like and he was like, Hey Sam, you ever have a problem, come to my place. Let me know. I know Western is historically rough neighborhood for black guys, man, you know, and I want and I'm not avoiding that. I'm not avoiding that. I want to. I want to talk about it. I want to address it. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, it's like, do you have a problem? Because you got to open outcry. I was out there the fucking Saturday. You're gonna get your. Is a fucking a police? Fuck that part well, of the area. In, they all live in Mount Greenwood, right? They all live me. in Mount Greenwood. It's Southside Iris, Southside Police. But you and have, there's a lot of that. But in the same token, you have a lot of fucking black doctors. Lawyers, you got black folks nigga on Longwood. It ain't all <laughs> Southside Irish. Well, it's not necessarily black and white. Sometimes it's just rich versus poor. I mean, that's the, yes, big, that's the biggest class. lie in America that like it's it's class versus uh, the race and like the rich people are just pitting mm-hmm. all those poor folk against each other. No, well, no. maybe you're not poor. You were doing pretty good. No, 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 no. no. no I'm fucking broke as hell. I'm fucking like shout out to Goose. Shout I got out all that Rock Island money coming in. <laughs> shout out to Goose for that little that little bump. But like I ain't made it yet. But I, it's funny mm. you mentioned that because that was something. Uh, so I was, I'm always been very proud like of my parents. You know, I, mean, I don't know if they're proud of me, but I've been proud of them because they never raised me with any of those ideas in my head. Like everybody has to work with their own thing from what they grew up with. Like my mom grew up in Marquette park, which was a notoriously racist part of Chicago in the seventies. But and my dad, my grandfather was a Chicago police officer, but she always said, I never ever heard him say an ill word about anybody. Okay. Like it was never that. And my dad said the same thing about his parents and they've kind of instilled that into me and my brother and my sister, my brother, my, my, my brother was, he's better than me. He goes to, he went to all the rallies and stuff over the summer. Like, um, but on Western, I remember when I worked at borders on 95th street. Oh man. Yeah. Damn. I was sad when they closed that place, man. Yeah, it was, it was a good, that was another good gig where, you know, I did it for a couple of years. I had a good time where I was, Again, I could do whatever you needed me to do. You want me to work in a cafe? I can work in a cafe. I can work the music department. I can handle the books department. But I we, missed the cafe. Uh, the cafe was great. Um, and, but we would have, you know, we worked there with, I went to Clissel Grammar School, which was an integrated grammar school. Like, it was like, I had friends who were black, I had friends who were white, like, I had friends who were Mexican. Like, it was no, and it was just never seen as a big deal to me back then. And then, you know, I work at Borders in my 20s, and we would bring, you know, like, some black folk to, Keegan's with us because that's where well, that's where we went to drink because we knew they didn't card on Thursday nights <laughs> and I was only 19, 20 years old and I remember a friend of mine saying like oh I don't know about bringing you know these people here because we might get looks and I, even at like 20 years old I'm like man fuck them <laughs> like why is this why is this still a big deal and I think it's gotten better because of places like Open Outcry 
because of places like, like Rock Island Public, Public House, Rock Island Public House, who kind of like like I say about cult movies, I say it about craft beer. I say it's for everybody, you know, and everybody should just be able to sit down, break bread, and have a beer. And that's why I greatly appreciate you guys. I greatly appreciate uh, just having a voice, having a seat at the table. And that I want thing on your beer, man. Like it's like having a seat at the table. Ashley guess, was laughing at me because I keep bringing it up. She goes, "That really hits you." I'm like, "Yeah, that hit me like a ton of bricks." I did a show last night, and like, well, it's a couple of days ago, and it's like, and like the guy was like, "Yo, you're talking to me about that." That who was this guy? Who are you talking to? Beers and bars, beers and bars, and like uh, Kamal Kiddo. Shout out Kamal. He was like, "No, man, you talking to me." You know, because he has other things other than craft beer. He's an artist. He's a, uh, a fashion designer. Well, that kind of all intersects with craft beer, like a love of, you know, art, the arts. And shout out John Arrow for this fucking dope ass piece of art. Oh, the beyond there. I love it. I Man. love it. So, yeah, it's like because there's other things you can get into craft beer because everybody's like, oh, you're a brewer. It's a brewer. Like that may not be your thing. Uh there's, there's yes, guys in there's, the lab. Yeah. There's guys that's doing can art. There's guys like there's the bartender. It's the bartender like that becomes the bar manager. The reason why I'm in a position where I'm in, I'm blessed by God first of all. But when I was bartending, my bar manager was a piece of shit, and like <laughs> and it was like, yo. The reps are here, and he be fucking drunk as hell, and like, oh, go talk to Sam. I mean, you watch Bar Rescue. We all know that's like, John Taffer would have a fit if he found out you were you were doing that. So it was like, yo, you talk to Sam. And like a year later, these guys are the Lakeshore Beverage reps. They're like, hey, you the guy to help put my beer at a food galley. So yeah, we're going to rep for here. You know, and that's why, like, you never know, like, in this industry, you never know who you're going to meet, as you were saying earlier in the show. And that's why it always pays to be polite. It always <laughs> does. It always does. Which is hard to do sometimes when you're, definitely when you're the afternoon bartender. And here's one of my, <laughs> you'll appreciate this. When you're the afternoon bartender, it's always some old white guy. Walks in, like, it's like, say it's 3.15. You open at 3 o'clock. What does he do? Walks in. Hey, where is everybody? It's like, they're at work. Right, what are, you, what right, are you doing here? Right. <laughs> Me and Ashley crack wise about that shit and all the time. And they usually want a gin and tonic. <laughs> I got their drink. I got their drink. Yeah. Or a whiskey sour or some shit. It's usually a gin and tonic, though. Oh, that was like, that was always like, did you ever have anything that bothered, like, for no other good reason than it just was like a stupid thing that, like, bothered you that people come in and ask you? And you'd hear it all the time. So you'd, like, laugh about it with your coworkers. Like, for me, it was always, yeah, uh, where is everybody? Or, um, God, there's so many of them now. <laughs> They're all running through my brain, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where to start. Man, you do a wonderful job over there. Uh, shout out to, um, shout out to Ashley, your coworker, she, uh, your, your she's partner. The one who in broke, she's the one who brokered that whole deal on Harold's. And honestly, God, so I had a partner, Michael Wayne, when I first started rocking up at Rock on Public House, and he was great. And we worked with each other for a year. So when he left, I was like, oh shit. Now I'd gone through a couple partners at Chili's. And I, for the most part, always had good relationships, but I couldn't have asked for a better partner with Ashley. Like she puts up my bullshit <laughs> more than anything, but she's also, she's creative too. So when we work together on stuff, I think it really kind of comes through and people, uh, they, they get excited for it. We, we're excited for it. So people feed off that excitement. 
I'm glad you said the correct answer. I'm going to say the obvious answer. <laughs> it don't hurt that she's a hottie with hot ah, red hair, baby. Hey, you, you, you. <laughs> hey, look, look. We all. It, I'm the no. Come on. I'm the looks. You the looks. I'm the looks of that partnership. Come all on. All right. Now. No, no, no. Don't Ashley. No, you are the looks. You are the looks. Just because I know she'll listen to this one. Shout out. <laughs> we are. We're going to start this shit early. We're starting it early. Uh, two beer talk. Shout out to my man, fucking Patrick Doig. Fucking with that big promotion, but where's he at? Man, Doig has left Half Acre. Shout out to Original Reaper. Our two beer talk right now is brought to you by Half Acre. It is their Black is Beautiful chocolate stout. We're pouring up. We're in the fucking seventeen. We're in a seventeen percent drip. We can give some OG. We can do some Original Reaper yeah, as take, well. I'll drink anything. At- <laughs> My palate is refined. No, we shot, we're shouting out to Half Acre right now, even though they're not sponsoring this show right now. But, hey, you gave us Doig, and guess what? You guys have given us a Black is Beautiful beer. You've given us Grow Greater, which is a partnership with the Grow Greater Inglewood, which is a, they're taking vacant lots, and they're growing vegetables That's for great. these, folk, these uh, food deserts. Oh, that's perfect. So, guess what? I am a look. This is this is my show, and I can put plant my fucking flag here. Do whatever you want. I am a victim of fucking gentrification. God damn it! <laughs> I was I was in the good part of gentrification. I was in the I lived in the West Loop. I didn't live far from here. But guess what? All the rich white guys was like, "Hey, guess what? We don't mind living on the West Side because." <laughs> It's close to the grocery store and it's yeah. close to ground yeah. town. So my building got sold and my landlord said, hey, guess what? We're going to give you a whole bunch of fucking money to move back to the ghetto. So I you took, took it. I, hell yeah. I took you took it. Go buy some stonks, you buy some AMC or some, uh, <laughs> some, what's the other one? Sundial growers. Like, yeah. Man. Which one? GameStop. 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 Yeah, you, you make that GameStop money? Man, like, uh, I wish I had. I. I was just this late. I was too. Like, I was like a day or two late on it. Well, I just well, missed it. Well, my stock guy is pretty much too busy running a podcast to give me fucking <laughs> stock advice. So you gotta follow uh, that Mister Zach Morris on Twitter. He's the uh, he's the new guru who uh, kind of. I think I want to say he was one of the guys who was behind that whole GameStop thing. But we're but shout out to Half Acre. We're in fucking one and a half beer talk. We're drinking Grow Greater. We are drinking. The, that was an excellent IPA. The Grow Greater. Where was that from? That is Half Acre. That's, That's on my buddy Patrick Joy. We're drinking Original Reaper. We get the Original Reaper on tap at Rock Island Public House all the time. 16 great taps. 16 great beers on tap all the time. And we'll be having Harold's, uh, I don't know when this is going to air, but we should be getting it uh, this, uh, by, we should have it the first week of March, for sure. Man, Her- don't don't give a date for Harold's. <laughs> when it comes, it comes, get it when you get it. And when it goes, it. it goes. Right. Like, well, let me a, tell you about that. As beer. an official spokesperson for Harold's, like, this is Fight Club. <laughs> this me, is Fight Club. But let me tell you about that beer. So I tapped it on a Tuesday, and so I was selling it. Because, you know, I know you guys. I like you guys. Like, let's see. And I liked it, too. But, like, everybody, you can sell that first round. But people are only coming back for the second round if they liked it. And I probably sold 20 pints of it on a Tuesday night. 
Thank in the middle you. of February. Thank you, man. But it's that good a beer. And my favorite part was my my dad. They were at home watching the NBC News because that's what dads and moms do. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, did you get that Harold's eighty three in at the bar? I'm like, actually, you know, we're one of the only the one of the only three All bars the- that have it. I'm like, did they mention us on the news? But he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get mentioned here, Pricks. you get loved here. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, but then they wanted to come down and get it, and it was gone by the time they by the time they get down there. It's Fight Club and. I want to thank everyone that's put a part into it. Like, I want to thank Haymarket. I want to thank Jay West. I want to thank my fucking self. I want to thank Dave. I want to thank... Uh, to you. To you. Uh, thank you. I want to thank uh, Harold's Chicken 88. I just, it's, so, I want to get this on record, though. It's like, is it named for Harold Washington or Harold's 83 or both? Both, man. I didn't, want, I didn't want to sound like a clueless both. white man when I'm telling people, both. like, yeah, I think it's named after the chicken place. It's aimed for both. So this is what I learned at my time at a big brewery, man. Like fucking cease and assist letters are the best fucking thing that can happen to your brand. Quick aside, Horse Thief Hollow, where I used to do Saturday mornings, they had a beer called Little Wing. It was their pills. Oh, yeah. The- and it's a great pilsner. One of the best pilsners in the market. Won, it won an award, right? It's always winning an award every year. But they used to have like, Hendrix artwork on it, like Hendrix inspired artwork. They got a letter from the Hendrix estate saying you can't have you can name, you can have the name because it's you know I don't even think I think it was a cover. I don't think it was his song. He popularized it, but I was like, oh, you frame that, you you frame that cease and desist letter from the from the Hendrix estate, you know. So that was my goal. I say, hey, we're gonna do heroes. We're gonna also the beer, the story of the beer. It's like there was only thirteen. African-American owned liquor license in Chicago. My mom's tax office does taxes for one of them. And we were like, that can't be right. And we found out it was pretty much damn true. So we brewed a beer to show attention to that. But in that, we created a literal bus. So... Like I say, this is this is Fight Club. When it gets when it gets there, it's gone, you know. And that's a that is through the. But hall. the cans will be around for a while, right? The the cans will be around. So we we made it out of the crowler. We made it can production, and that's a. Fight. I always buy beer by the can. I have a fridge in my basement, you know. Which is like a rock and roll basement. It's got you know all my instruments and stuff, and it's like I always have to have like thirty packs of the cheapest fucking beers in there. <laughs> but what always amazes me about like my any uh, Moosehead? Uh, no, but I got I got. We are fans of Moosehead at this place. Uh, well, I always like to go to Woodman's over the border in uh, I think Kenosha ish, Wisconsin. A big like it's like a Toys R Us of a liquor store. Oh yeah, that looks delicious. It's but like. Cheap. I just go up there and get like 30 packs of all the cheapest stuff and fill up that fridge. But what amazes me, like if I had a good beer like Harold's in there, like let's say I had like two, three, my old saxophone, saxophone player, Al Francois, he could like sniff it out and just like, <laughs> oh, do you mind if I have one? Clear out the Rolling Rock, clear out the, the, the Jaguar ice ale. And like, do you have a, oh, you got a, you got a, you got a, you got don't, a Harold's bag. Don't here. excite Ryder over here, man. He, he gets excited <laughs> by those name brands, man. Fucking, like, we had a, we had a fucking guy drop off fucking some moose head. Oh, right. Moosehead, um, that's, that's Canadian, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. And what's the other big one? Labatt's. Labatt's. Classic hockey beer. Yeah, Are you from yeah. Canada? No. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. They have like a cool ass fucking suit that I'm trying to get. 
Like, I don't know if, like, I can qualify to win it now because I think that... Well, you're an influencer it. now, so maybe they can send it, maybe they'll send it to you. Well, I'm... I'm, I'm People always ask me, like, you got 24,000 Twitter followers, Mike, when do you start getting paid on that? <laughs> you tell me. You tell me. Well, uh, I know I'm I'm the bad guy. Like, I'm a, I am actually an employee of Anheuser-Busch. I like their stuff. We, you know got to like it's the fucking. I'm a Coors Light man, right? <laughs> the rock and roll beer. So banquet. Oh, the the original banquet, the official beer of uh, Cobra Kai of Johnny. Cobra Kai, <laughs> shut up! Don't say nothing. I, I'm only halfway through the first season, so and I realize we live in a spoiler culture, and I'm taking my sweet ass time oh my on this. God, but that show has uh, no right being as good as it is. My girlfriend's fucking singing the fucking spoilers for WandaVision and shit, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, just, I don't, I, just I fucked yeah. it up. We look, are in- look, stay off the internet. Like, if you watch WandaVision, you know what I did for the first 15 years of my life? I wasn't on the internet. You can do it for an afternoon. Man, go read a book. <laughs> <laughs> we are in two-beer talk. I am feeling it. Um, I got to say, I've been wanting to have Mike Vanderbilt on for a while. I've been wanting and to come then, on. I'm so glad I finally got down here. And, and we just had this fucking beer talk, and we just had talk about the South Suburbs. We just had beer talk about like the way we grew up and like we're proud of Coach Sons and shit like that. <laughs> but one thing is going into season two, I want to show more of my personality. And that's what endears people. And yeah. like Mike Vanderbilt is the is someone who shows his personality. <laughs> For better or worse. He shows his fucking <laughs> He shows his fucking legs, man. Ah, like, well, let me tell you, like, <laughs> about showing your personality. I think, you know, I'm 40 years old now. I turned 40 during the pandemic. And uh, sometime around my, you know, I don't know when it happened, but I was just like, you know what? The hell with all these people. I, I, I don't, I, 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 you do care. I do care what people think of me. We do. I don't want people to think I'm an asshole or nothing like that. But, like, I don't want to, I want to, I like to put out a persona of having fun all the fucking time. I guess. I don't know. Now I'm feeling the beers. Now I'm starting to mumble and ramble. And well, that's why I'm here. sound like I'm wishing myself. Let's get you another one. <laughs> well, like, let's, just, let's keep them going. Oh, but, God. Well, well, I used to do a podcast called Drinks on Monday, where it was me and two of my best friends. We'd sit around a kitchen table and get drunk over the course of three hours and like talk about movies, music, whatever. And there's at least one segment that I never aired because it was practically unlistenable. Because I have it somewhere saved. But it was all sorts of utter nonsense. Like, I don't like, I don't think anybody would understand what we were talking about. <laughs> well, yes. man, you so, show yeah. a big part of your personality, man. And I want to get more into that. Like, yeah. over, like, we just had the summer of Floyd, man. So, right. like, whatever you into, it's okay now. That's... It's, it's okay. That's and, like, and, like, a couple of my fucking blogger friends know this. And all of my friends know this. I'm a fucking open swinger, man. Oh, like, okay. Like, um, like, cause like, if the summer's coming up, and like, as you know, the world has accepted the alphabet. I'm sorry. Absolutely. No, I'm sorry. Is it L B G T Q T? Look, I try my whatever the fuck. As a 40 year old white man, I try <laughs> to keep up with all this stuff, but I can't. I, I, it's, it's hard for me, like, because there's something new. But I would never sit there and deride anybody, you know. I, I count on younger people to kind of explain to me why 
this is you know not something you say anymore or this is right. how you do it because i mean i've seen it change in my life oh, i've we seen had, like, yeah we had a big re- remember the term by curious like nobody ever says by curious anymore like no. now everybody's like, if you yeah, have that thought you're you're you bisexual are pansexual or a pansexual you like pansexual or a, a sapiosexual Sa- like, no I am a sapiosexual. Are you a sapiosexual? Oh, yeah. I about to say that was bullshit, but like, I like mm-hmm. you, so maybe it isn't. No, man. It just read to me, baby. I'll go in the corner and fucking satisfy so myself. <laughs> just I would, here's how. <laughs> just here, read to me. Here's how I would. I One of my favorite ways of identifying comes from my friend Mike McBeardo McPadden, who we're doing a tribute weekend to him uh, the first weekend of March. He was a writer. He wrote Teen Movie Hell. He wrote Heavy Metal Movies. He was a raconteur. He uh, did all sorts of wild stuff. Look him up. But he used to say he and he stole it from a a gene simmons interview on howard stern where they were stern was hassling gene simmons about a picture of ace freely like kissing a girl or kissing a boy in a kissing a man in a kiss book and gene simmons just said i guess he was free free in his choices and mike mcpadden once described rudy ray moore dolomite himself dolomite as way down in the jungle deep motherfucker as mm-hmm. as someone who was free in his choices like he never came out of the closet as homosexual or anything but like he kind of just did whatever he wanted and so i always like that term free in my choices i'll do what i want i'll do when i want it and i don't need to answer to anybody and you inspired me man like i've been sitting here so buttoned up and like you get to drink in and like you get to, like okay drinking and sex and shit like that and it's like no one i just seem so outlandish in my choices and like now it's like no now you can like talk about what you're into and you're in a safe zone and you're in the safe zone on fucking major markets absolutely like fucking listerine has fucking rainbow on it now <laughs> but let me <laughs> let me let me double down on something like that something my friend scott and i talk about is that it is great it's wonderful because you can talk about, like, yes, you have seen pictures of me in women's clothing. You have seen I've been to the 15th Street at Alton Emporium. No, uh, I did not. I, oh, I'm not. Like, I, I don't only, know if you've ever visited Couples Choice out in uh, Markham, the swingers. Oh, bro, there. bro, bro. Check this. I, I literally shut a female down. So I'm up in here talking about, oh, I've been to Couples Choice. I'm like, who do you know? And she was like, uh, uh, uh. And I was like, stop it. You're fucking lying. Because yeah. I know the doorman. I know everybody so you've, there. So you've, you've been. Oh, man. I can, call the, I can call the guy up right now. He's having his own uh, legal issues with the uh, city of America. Right oh, yeah, now. yeah. But he was, being, he was kind of being a dumbass Every, about staying open during the pandemic. Like, you already have undue attention on you. Just chill out for a minute, Bro, man. and so now my swinger community that was going to Markham, now we have to go to other places because he's fighting the fucking police. And there's no, I don't think there's many and places. And he's like on Channel 9 yeah, every I day. Saw, I saw. Oh. But there, I don't think there's any place like that in the burb. But I, here, let me finish. I just wanted to finish by one point about how it's great that stuff's getting normalized because we can talk about openly on this podcast or on Twitter. Like, but don't sometimes you, uh, you know, you're, we're about the same age, kind of miss when it was. Like, don't you love it when it is just a little bit weird and people don't understand it at the same time, too? Yeah, because now, like. Or is that a privilege? That's me coming from a privileged white point of view where I never had to identify no, as any other. No, way. let me tell you. Let me tell you how this community went for black people. Um, we were definitely secret society. And then. Uh, and this is strictly swingers or is this kink or. Oh, we can just, get into the kink shit later. <laughs> but 
We we can definitely get into the kink. We're going another hour for that. But this is just swinging, right? All right, all right. Let's, let's look at look. This. My producers over there going crazy. Like, oh my, how are we going to sell this shit? He but, knows it's gonna be it's gonna be the biggest episode you've ever had. So no fuck. As far as I'm going to the New York Times with this one. So as far as the swing, man. Like, because the kink is something different. Yeah, it is. People like, people automatically assume. No. Like, because, like, sometimes I have to deal with the thing like, oh, you you like kink, Mike, so you like when girls kick in the balls. I'm like, well, not really. Like, but. No, there's. Uh, there's all sorts of other things kinks. that into this into this world, but because they've been trained by, you know, pop culture. And yeah, like, oh, so we're just going to beat on each other. Yeah, it's like, like it's no. not, that's not what it's about. Unless you have a safe word. But, um, <laughs> Unless that's your thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, um, so we're getting back. So you've inspired me. Like, like we have these, like, we're into two beer talk and like, like the rest of my fucking blogger friends know that I swing. And that's like fucking like a black how guy you, swinging. How long have you been swinging for? Uh, over 10. Over 10 years. Over and, 10. Uh, when did you come out about it um, to your friends? Like, or... I guess I mean people already knew. Like you do talk about. No, it no, with your I'm gonna I'm I'm let you know when I came out to my fucking parents. <laughs> See, my parents just kind of assume things. Like I know they know what I do, but they don't ask that many questions. Bro, I have, bro, like, burr, 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 burr. <laughs> like I have porn videos out. Like man, like so anything on X Hamster? Or do I have to pay for it? No, it's some shit on. It's some shit on Pornhub. But uh, check it out. Like. What's your OnlyFans? Do you want to announce your OnlyFans here? I will let you know off the fan, off the off the record. <laughs> but <laughs> check it out. No, like, like I knew that I didn't want to be quiet about how I lived anymore. And the only person that I saw sh- flying their fucking freak flag was Mike Vanderbilt in this craft beer world. And I was like. I got to have this motherfucker on the show. And like, and I don't want to talk to him. And I don't want to make, like, fuck it. Like, I don't want to make him uncomfortable, but fuck. No, you're not I want to. I want to fucking, like. It's know. kind of uncomfortable just thinking that I actually inspire people. But, I mean, I'll feed my ego a little bit. Like, I hope to inspire people that you can be just kind of this, you know, goofball guy. He's a bartender. He does this. But he's also into some wild sex stuff. And it doesn't mean that he's uh, a deviant even though I like being called a deviant or a pervert, even though I don't mind being called a pervert, like that, it, that it's something wrong, that there's something that you should be ashamed of. Bro. I'm Although just, I do like it when it's still a little bit weird where people don't need to know. I don't need to know everybody's hey, business. Right, man. Check it out. I just free in your choices. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say free in my choices because we have structure. It's structure. Well, to, like people think, Oh, you just, you just, Fucking fuck it up. No, yeah. we have structure. I remember a friend of mine, he he could not comprehend that when you went to, if you went to see a professional dominatrix, that they would, you know, beat you up or do whatever thing you were into, and then they wouldn't have sex with you. He just kind of looked at me cross-eyed like, well, why would anybody pay for that? I'm like, well, that's their thing. Like, that's not Bro, part of it. I dated a dominatrix. Like, I dated a dominatrix <laughs> before, like, that was my girlfriend, before I even fucking knew really what even, I was. Yeah. And then, like, the shit. Like, no, she, like, and they was like, well, what does she do? And I'm like, basically, she does everything except sell pussy. Like, <laughs> like 
I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a. It's like basically like, yo, motherfucker had a rough day. He just want his feet rubbed or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck. Or he wanted or whatever the fuck. And she, what I've talked to about with my sex worker friends is that most of the people, like it's not just guys, it's everybody. Most of the people that are their clients just want to talk. Yeah, basically that. Sometimes, uh, you know, not always the case, and and it's just like I have dom- I have a a friend that is like the biggest. Shout out, shout out to Solomon. Shout out to uh, Mr. Abrams. He is the biggest black dom rope uh, rigger. Shabari. Yeah, yeah. Shabari rigger and the rigger, fucking yeah. in the nation. No bullshit. Like this motherfucker is getting paid oh, big yeah. time money That's to big tie deal. people you know how to do it, yeah. And then like getting bigger money to untie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And like his shit is so professional, man. For, it, it, I can see, I, the artistry in it is there. It's Again, like, back to what we're talking about like he ain't trying the creative to, he don't people want, that intersect. Like he don't like he don't want to have sex with you. Like, no, he just want to give you. But that's the thing. Like what we were just saying, it's more of the com. More of his sessions are pre-talk and aftercare. aftercare. That's what they Big want. Yeah. They want like. They want to get spanked and they want to get tied up, but they really want someone to say, are you okay, baby? Mm-hmm. Is that all right? Is that all right? No, just, just having a conversation with someone. And I, I didn't have the courage to come out and let people like all well, my friends know, but the weird. craft and beer I, world did not know this. And you're the inspiration to let them you, know part of my personality. I want to ask, did you find it was harder coming out about this stuff as a black man? Of course. Yeah. Of course, especially so it's kind the of a joke that white people are fucking already kind of freaky. Like, know? yeah, like the swinging thing was like, oh yeah, you swing. No, we have structure, bro. Well, like, I mean, I just been, we've we've been we we talked about the same club. We've been the couple's choice. We've been the couple's and choice. Um, you go there, and it's as like, a black guy, the one thing that you've given me courage to is like, ain't no brothers walking in the fucking Fifteenth Avenue bookstore, man. I, I like or admitting it. Or putting it out on their chest or checking in. <laughs> I love checking in. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, because right. well, when here, you check in at Fifteenth Avenue, oh look my here, god! Look here, look here. Shout out to my producer who's probably fucking let like me tell you, blowing so up here, the fucking mic let right me, now. Let me give <laughs> let me give everybody a little dating advice. Uh, if you want to show a, a lady or you know any however you identify somebody you're taking out, somebody you want to impress, uh, a good time out in the West Burbs. You go to Halakahiki for some tiki drinks. Uh, and then uh, right around the corner, right down the street, is the 15th Street Adult Bookstore. You can take it there just like Travis Bickle does, uh, Sybil Shepherd in in, uh, in Taxi Driver. Take her to see an adult film in the theater in the back. Uh, maybe put on a show yourself, if you like. All right. um, but again, another place where there's structure. There's like, yeah, you know, there's, there's some weirdos who hang out there, sure. But like, for the most part, everybody's very respectful because nobody wants to not get asked not to come back. Of course. Um, let me pay some bills real quick. Uh, shout out to. I'm thanks. sure they're gonna love that your sponsor. The sponsors are coming up right after this conversation. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like shout out to who, uh, who do we got? We got Trojan. Uh, we've got <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're gonna get into vi- our, vivid video. I no, don't even know if they're still around. Uh, no, we just shout out X Hamster. <laughs> fuck, fuck Trojan. Man. Nobody's I, getting paid on X Hamster. <laughs> 
Shout out to X Hamster, man. Their fucking search engine is way better than X and XX. Oh, X and XX is the worst. <laughs> Fet so, Life, let's give a shout out to Fet Life. Shout out to Fet Life. I met some of the best people in my fucking life on Fet Life, um, man. There's a girl who I am involved with. Uh, who we need to become Fet Life friends. We well, we we five years ago, like that's where we met. <laughs> and when we're, we're at our place together and people are like, well, how did you two meet? I love just throwing that in there and looking at her like, go ahead. Then I, she does it. Like it's a kind of a, it's kind of a funny gag. Like it's, but again, it's part of that normalizing of it. Like we met here, but it wasn't even like a kink thing. It was like, she had a picture from a movie that I, or maybe I had a picture of him. Like it was, it was movies that brought us together on, on FetLife. Yeah, and you- it, there's nothing to be ashamed of as far as I'm concerned, but some people, I understand some people have uh, larger boundaries and maybe don't know how to explain that sort of stuff to their parents or their family or their friends. And like, and to think about it, like, man, you have, you go to these, uh, let's say uh, 15th Avenue bookstore has a fucking um, party. Man. Yeah. Wednesday nights, I think are a big one. And always, I never one. did. I, I've done a Wednesday night. Due to like it was a special guest and like you just yes. show yeah. up, just show up, brother. You will get taken care of. But uh, <laughs> but like the sat the Saturday parties, man. Like with a, with I always a, work Saturday, so I never get to go to. Them. Oh, with the with the wet t shirt contest and shit. Oh man, that'd be a good time. A good old fashioned wet t shirt contest. What do you you don't see wet t shirt contests anymore? Like, and That's I'm a com- relic of a different time. And I'm coming in with a black girl with a fucking thirty eight. H chess. So King of the Prom. So man, like, but it's structured it. Like people like, yo, you you go into some weird place. No, it's structured. It's a lifestyle it. and it's a community. Like it's a community like any other. It's just you a will bit see like the freakiest, <laughs> strangest. Like it is a freak show, but I think it's like what, what's the old saying? It's or the the modern saying about respectful, sane, and consensual. I think that's like the the mantra of the new kink swinger, you know, pervert <laughs> community. Man, so I just want to thank Rock Island Public House. So when are we? When are I, before for having Mike Vanderbilt? Well, when, are we go, when are we going to the Fifteenth Street Bookstore together? That's what I want. Bro, you like, ever free? I mean, post pandemic. Mean, we have to wait till the pandemic. Wait, we gotta wait till the post pandemic is <laughs> over. We're gonna mask up and like I go on Saturday. Well, I wear a mask anyway, but that's just a, that's a whole other thing. Right. <laughs> Do you wear a mask in there? No, no. Well, I mean, I haven't been there during the pandemic. How I, do you I mean, dress? How do you? I would. Oh, I'd see. I'm an idiot. I will wear a suit or some shit like that. I'll come in there looking sharp. Okay. Yeah. Or, uh, if I'm, I want, or if I'm, or if I'm uh, looking, uh, maybe maybe that size uh, extra large dress that you and I were talking about. Man, what is that? Man, are, what type of makeup are you wearing? You have your eyeshadow. I have an Ulta card. Like, <laughs> there's no Elf. There's no fucking uh, cheap ass uh, Walgreens shit, CVS shit for me. You know. Well, look, it's like anything else. You want you want a good drink? You buy good beer. You want good? You want your makeup to stick? You buy expensive makeup. Not even expensive, just like good stuff. Okay. And you know what's good, and you figure out. And I know a lot of people that help me out with that. But I'm pretty good at doing my eyeliner. That's from being in rock and roll bands for ten years. So I've covered my fucking notes. We we like Mike Vanderbilt's in a fucking extra large dress. Um, fucking size eleven heels. Size 11 here. People always like, what, not always, but like if somebody's like, what size shoe are you, Mike? I always say nine in men's, 11 in women's. And they kind of look at you across. I'm like, 
11 in women's. So if you guys if, want. If anybody wants to pay tribute. Pay tribute. Uh, you want to. Is, 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 is the alley still open? Um, they moved. They moved. I thought they moved, but they might. I, I, yeah, they still have a. They still have a brick and mortar. Store. Yes, they do. Yeah. So um, not far from the Herald's. Not far from the Benny's that's holding Harold's 83 right down on Grant. You can take me out for a beer and uh, buy me some heels. I guess. (laughs) We got got Patreon money for that, right? (laughs) Shout out to everybody that's listening. Pass the Dream Podcast. This is a treat. We want to thank Mike Vanderbilt, host, bartender, uh, programmer, programmer, movie director, head pervert, head pervert, fucking creative director. Keep sending them at fucking Rock Island at fucking 24 karat Jagoff. Um, so you're a writer for Mr. Skin, I see? I did write for Mr. Skin for a minute, yes. And Mr. Man, they're uh, the male uh, sister site. Like, uh, and it Is was, that like the leather uh, museum? No, 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 no. It, no, oh, you know, I'm, Mr. I'm, telling, know I'm Mr. telling all my fucking business here. Fucking come I with it, never, Mike. I have never worked with uh, the, uh, the leather museum, and I've never been to IML because it's always on. Uh, it's always on Memorial Day weekend, and as a bartender, I'm always hustling that weekend. But Mr. Skin, you don't know Mr. Skin? Of course I don't. Oh, okay. okay. Well, yeah, I, I, the question confused me. Yeah, I, I did blurbs for Mr. Skin, so I, they would send me like 10 clips, and I would have to come up with a couple different ways to say boobs, balls, you know, tits. Like, And it sounds like it, the best job in the world, but it becomes hard work. Comes yeah, hard work, trying to... Trying to describe a... Uh, but it was a good gig. It was a, a good gig. It kept the lights on for a minute. <laughs> Man, Mike Vanderbilt, Rock Island House. What's the address there? Dude, you tell me. Like, you got the notes. <laughs> it's under... This a- happened to me on John Records Landecker. Where oh. I, let me tell you a story. So I didn't write the address. I took all these copious notes about the movies when I was on John Records Landrecker show on 94.7. And I didn't write the address down because I said to myself, you know what? Usually every time I write the address down, it doesn't matter because the DJ has it, has it written down. <laughs> And then he doesn't have it written down. And everybody from the bar is listening. And it's the same thing. Like, well, so what's the address down? I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's on the corner of Broadway and Old Western. Man, bro. Right there. Well, you know Ask what your I- Uber driver. Tell your Uber driver. Tell I don't know. Because let me recommend you get an Uber. Because when you got, you know, 12% beers, or as we in the industry call them, bedwetters, you're going to want to have a ride home. We're into Original Reaper right now. What you drinking? The Black is Beautiful. I you got the, the Original Reaper. You have Original Reaper. Um, Doig, what's up, Doig? Uh, we're drinking your old shit. Um, it's a good beer. I like the Original Reaper. We get that on, like I said, we get that on tap quite a bit at Rock Island. Um, it's a, this is a good beer for the show. We keep it rolling. It's a, a, a staple for the two beer talk. And the staple glassware is 17% drip. Shout out to my people down in Texas. Pray for Texas, man. They fucking dealing with a lot right now. But they I they always supported me. Shout out to Weather Souls. Shout out to Marcus. I love Austin. I've had some great times in Austin. Bro. I used to go down there for South by Southwest. South by Southwest. And, uh, fantastic Fest at the Alamo Draft House. Uh, the movie. Uh, they the made Festival. Tomahawk Steaks famous. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Austin. I, I, I've always had a great time down there. I had a college professor that basically talked about Austin so much. The motherfucker was like, yo, I'm going to give up my college professor gig to go back to Austin oh, I could see. to be a fucking fucking dishwasher I could see because I have fucking a great time. He's like, the only reason why I fucking start going back into 
teaching college because my fucking hands are peeling from being a dishwasher in Austin, Texas. And you, you, just, ever, you ever done a dishwashing shift at a restaurant? Yes. The worst. I've been there, bro. I've done it all. Anthony Bourdain wrote a great article about the importance of the dishwasher. And I, at Chili's, there, were, there was a whole week where I ended up like filling in on dishwasher after my bar shift. Because the one night the dishwasher walked out, the next night he never showed up. And I always remember because I remember the manager with me and I was like, I think you've got employee of the month uh, this month. And I, not to bury the lead, but I did not get employee of the month that month. I was a dishwasher at a nursing home, bro. So I had to make sure my shit was extra clean. Shout out to the fucking nursing home because that's how I got through the pandemic. I knew how to fucking wash my hands. You know what the worst? I did the fucking alphabet. I made sure my shit was straight. The worst part about the dishes is it never stops because you'll, you're like, okay. I got it. We're good. Oh, fuck. And I would work like I was working at like on a Sunday night, like the, during the dinner rush. And it was the worst. And my manager says to me, I'm on the bar that morning. She says to me, can you fill in on dish for a little bit after work, after your shift? tonight?" And because I'm a soft sell, because I'm a sucker, I go back like, all right, you got me. Just uh, I'll do it for a couple hours. Then all of a sudden, like it's now it's you know, my shift ended at four. Now it's eight. It's nine. And I'm like, hey, where's the. Where's, you know, where's, where's the relief, where's motherfucker? Where's Nicole? And, uh, oh, she left. I'm like, well, you know, I'm not staying here all night, right? <laughs> I ended up staying there all night. I stayed there till about 11. I wasn't going to let the other manager hang like that. Man, I want to thank you for coming on. Oh, thank wanna, you for having me. Thank you for giving me this courage to... You're welcome. Like, I think we like, need to do a part two. We need to do the oh, after hours X-rated session. All right, we're going we're gonna to pay some beer. <laughs> Like riders, riders not for it. I'll come back down. I don't mind, I don't mind coming down hey. to Fort Margot. We'll go to Publican. We'll get some oysters. We'll get some champagne. Oh we'll yeah, let's do some. Let's yeah. get some oysters. Hey, hey, Patrick Doyle. Fucking riders about to hit the button on us. So we're gonna fucking. <laughs> hey man, this is what this is what happens when you get people in the studio. It it's more. This is what happens to. So I want to thank. All of my Patreon subscribers, I want to thank people that ain't even paying to listen to this. It's this is what's up. This is what gets me out the bed, you know, is to fucking have great conversations like this and to fucking talk to Mike fucking Vanderbilt. Uh, oh, let me get that Rock Allen address before you wrap it up. Though. Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> so I don't look, so I don't sound like a yeah. Hey Dave, ball. we're paying the bills here, Dave. <laughs> yeah, Dave, no, I'm not. I'm not just fucking around. Although Dave's not. Uh, it's one one three three two eight Old Western Avenue in Blue Island, Illinois. Beautiful downtown Blue Island, Illinois. Old Western, so like, oh, and with an E. Yes, with the E. So just keep going down that street till you think you're gonna fucking crash into the fucking reservoir, and you've made it. <laughs> like um, it's a, usually a great uh, parking spot uh, right by the signage. If not, you know what I'm saying. Get that fucking chicken sandwich, man. Or or Mike Vanderbilt has a sandwich that he might want to describe. Oh yeah, the uh, my breakfast with Vanderbilt. Uh, everybody at Rock Allen came up with a burger that uh, we named after. They named after the butter behind bacon named after us. That we kind of put the ingredients on. And I mine has a bacon and some caramelized onions and a fried egg. And the only thing that would make it better is like some hash browns. On there, you know, because I, I when I when I came up with the idea of it, it was like, as we've discussed living on the south side, I did a lot of north side dating 
And nothing beat after the end of the night or after the next day, if you were lucky enough, going out for breakfast at the Golden Nugget. So, Oh, thought, my God. I thought my breakfast oh with my Vanderbilt God. was like an appropriate like, parrot with a shot of Malort, a Herald's 83, and a black cup of coffee. We're going to end with li- We're going to end with this. We're going to end with this. I sat there and had a fucking hot <laughs> Jardinera fucking Malort shot with fucking white oh, Vanderbilt. I forgot about and that. And like, we co- like, yo, when Harold's gets back on tap, you go down there and you get a fucking hot sting. Yo, this is, I named, sting, I, like that. I named a fucking drink at fucking uh, Rock Island Public House. Dave, give me credit for it. Uh, <laughs> it's a hot sting. It's a Chicago handshake, kind of. It's Jardinera infused Malort Chase with a fucking Harold's 83. That shit will put fucking hair on your fucking titties, man. It's like <laughs> It was pretty good. It was better than you. I mean, I did it kind of as a gag, but then I was like, I kind of like this. Yeah, it's like, I, yeah. I'll do it again. Shit. <laughs> like, but... Thanks for everybody. This is Pass the Drink Podcast. This is Rock Island Public House. Please follow Mike Vanderbilt on all the shit he's doing. At Mike Vanderbilt on Twitter. Pretty easy to find. I like my name on everything. Instagram, M.A. Vanderbilt. Uh, and then you know, follow me at Rock Island. You know, we always got some cool stuff going on. Please come down and see us. Go to the movie theaters. I'm about to pay some bills. I'm about to, like, the water bill. Because uh, we're in two beer talk. <laughs> Heavy shout out to Half Acre for supplying some beers. Shout out to the makers of Harold's 83 Honey Ale, Jay Westbrook, myself, Hay Haymarket, and shout out to my producer with the new dog. Shout out Nova. This is Pastor Drink Podcast. This is the brother at the bar.